0: Together podcast. This is a show where no topic is off limits. Every week we will be raw and real and give you real life scenarios to help create the relationship that you desire. Welcome to the Creating Love Together podcast. We are your host, Tim and Jamie Holloway.
1: Yes, we are.
0: <laughs> yes, we are. So, we are going to switch the podcast up. It's been very serious the last three days, or three um, podcasts. And so we are going to talk about something lighthearted and funny. I don't know if it's going to be funny or not. Funny? Lighthearted.
1: I don't know what you're talking about, funny. <laughs> <laughs> but not like serious like we have been.
0: Exactly. So Jamie has decided that she's going to do a little comedy bit.
1: Ha ha. That was the comedy bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways. So we are going to talk about parenting. Yes. And this is off the cuff. We had one idea what we're gonna talk about at parenting, so we'll see where this conversation goes from here. Um I kinda like the unscriptedness of we're the way that we roll. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just we tried doing Um, without going totally into it, we have another podcast we're doing called Creating Wealth Together. And the very first episode, it was kind of scripted just for the introduction. I don't know how many takes we had to do on it. Jamie
0: sucked so bad.
1: I sucked so bad. She's like- I can own it.
0: She was like the newbie at the, uh, at the, uh, film audition, you know, trying to audition and forgetting all her lines. (laughs) It was bad. I admit it. (laughs) It was. So we, yeah, just to throw that out there, we are doing a, a Creating Wealth Together podcast. You can check that out if, um, if that's, you know, something that you're interested in.
1: Is it even live yet on iTunes? It will be. It will be soon.
0: Yeah, it will be soon. So check that out if you're a entrepreneur, a businessman, or woman. Um, it'll be highly beneficial for you.
1: Especially if you're just starting out.
0: Especially, yep.
1: Yes, so... Okay, so we have been doing this really cool thing that I did not even think that the kids would think
0: is a cool thing,
1: but they do. And, like, our son has even come to us at, like, 8.30 at night. Are we going to do that thing? And we're like, oh, he must really like this. (laughs) Yeah. So it's become our nightly thing. But let's go into why we started this.
0: Yes. So we... um... We, of course, both of us uh, lost our uh, employment and we had to transition out of our home and we're transitioning to another place. So we have been in an Airbnb. We're going to, by the time we leave, we'll probably be here for about a month huh, or maybe more.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. I think it was like a few days before Thanksgiving, the Friday before Thanksgiving.
0: Yes. Yeah. So we are in a cramped space and our whole living routine and structure has been thrown out the window. Um, and to accept, you know, the life that we have right now as we transition, which sucks pretty bad as far as, you know, our sink is, you know, a little 12 by 12 sink. Uh, is it that big? I think so and then there's a little counter space to to prep dinner so everything from our meals to our life to everything about our structure has changed and so the kids have been in a funk
1: they have like um I don't know if we've talked about this on this podcast yet but it's a one bedroom um the owners are so so sweet oh my goodness like legit I can see when us leave like her coming and seeing our new place, and I don't know, kind of, I don't know. They're just super, super sweet. I really like them. Um, but, like, it's one bedroom, one bathroom, and the closet is very large, and so we have a full-size air mattress in the closet where our son sleeps. And then in the living room, we have, there's enough space to put – um Two full-size air mattresses out here, and that's where the girls sleep. So it's, like, so cramped. Like, cooking is, like, our cooking area, there's legit barely enough room for two people. And if you want to walk by each other, you have to suck in your gut as far as you can go and then lose 10 pounds.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you she's going to start her comedy bit today.
1: (laughs) You're so cute. (laughs) Here Um, she goes,
0: (laughs) ladies and gentlemen.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, it's just been, like, really tight. Um, and the kids have been in a major funk because we were in this beautiful home on five acres. had a pond. It had a little um, running creek. It had cabins. Like, and the house was beautiful. <clears throat> it was, like, 3,200 square feet, I believe. Yes. Each kid had their own bedroom. And one of the kids' rooms was ridiculously large. Um, and then there was an apartment in the garage. And it was, like... You could hold, what, three or four cars in there?
0: Four four cars, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was... Just
0: beautiful. and Beautiful. So, the structure of their lives was pretty... They had it easy. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Everything's nice. Everything's easy. They have nice stuff to explore. They got a pond. They got, you know, the land. Um, so, everything was pretty much easy. Dog, chickens, I mean... <laughs> works yeah.
1: minus the dog eating the chickens that wasn't very easy for one of the kids <laughs>
0: <laughs> our dog loves chicken
1: she does she's a chicken lover so. <laughs> um but yeah that was our life and it kind of had the feel of like we've made it we're here that's how i felt like it was my dream home yeah for the most part um and so when we lost that, we go from all the kids having their own rooms and all this extra space and it just, it was ideal. And so when we left, we knew it was going to be hard on the kids and we wanted to minimize the effects as much as we could. Um, but it was still so hard and like they were depressed and they were mopey and they were i am going to try and not have to make this one explicit. So they were, um, the Kind of the B word with itchy at the end. <laughs> um, it was just bad. And even me, like trying to cook is the most frustrating thing right now. And so we all just needed some positivity. Yes. We really did. So what did we decide to do, babe?
0: We decided to do a gratitude challenge every night. And so the first night didn't go so well. Let's talk about that.
1: <laughs> I was done. I'm like, this isn't worth it. We're not doing it. Screw this. Whatever.
0: Yeah. So what happened is we we just kind of went off the cuff and said, Okay, we're gonna talk about what we're we're grateful for and and one kid's picking their boogers and one's picking their wedgie and you know <laughs> not literally, but like it's like Or maybe. <laughs> or maybe, yeah. Um it was just like total chaos and dysfunction. So um, we had a conversation and what we found was lacking was structure and expectations. So we set those the next night and how did that go?
1: Oh my gosh. It was a complete, completely different. I mean, we had to remind him a couple times, but like the whole atmosphere, it was like the first night everyone was talking when other people were talking and there was just no, um, there was no rhyme or reason to anything. So the second night, Um, It was so much better because there was structure. And for the most part, only one person at a time would talk. And I even took it a step farther rather than just saying, what are you grateful for? It was like, what are you grateful for? And they'd give an answer and I'd say, why? Yeah. So they couldn't just throw something out there that was like, I'm grateful for this. Because you have to come up with a reason why. Yeah. And so that even took it to another level because it not only were they having to think of what they were grateful for, but they had to figure out why they were grateful for that. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. it 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 ended up being something like really powerful because now the kids, uh, this is probably like four or five days in, I'm not really sure. But last night and the night before the kids were like, well, Two of them. <laughs> We're like, are we going to do that thing? And like, and one night, probably yesterday or the day before, we forgot. And one of the kids reminded us and then all the kids gathered in the room. And so it's, it's become our little tradition now. I'm not sure if we'll, we'll keep it up when we move. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But the fact is, it's that's what they need right now to really think about what they're grateful for because things suck right now yeah. and things are not, you know, as they would want them to be.
1: Exactly. And you know, one thing that I am feeling is I really do think we need to continue this after we move because we really are moving into somewhere that they're going to have to be very grateful for. Not have to be great. I mean, like they are. They're so excited with where we're moving, Um, and so I, I think it's going to be good to maybe let them say one thing that they're grateful for living where we're going to be living, but then maybe, okay, I need you to tell me something you're grateful for away from where we live.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be really good. Um, And I know this is a a pretty standard um, talk around this time of the month, but this is a little bit different because, you know, we're a family and we're bringing our children into it. You know, around this time we start thinking, oh, what are you grateful for? What's your gratitude list? And this and that and the other thing. But when we can make it an exercise where we bring the whole family in, then it creates tradition. It creates more power.
1: It does. Um, and, you know, I didn't even think about that because most people just do the whole November grateful thing every day until um, Thanksgiving, which I've always been anti. Because in my mind, it's like, you should be grateful every day of the, of your life, not just for, you know, 20-some days in November. Because that's how it is for a lot of people. They don't think about gratitude any other time of the year. And so... Um, I didn't even correlate it to being the time of year and us doing this. Yeah. Um, because I, I really try to be grateful all year long Yeah. and remember the things that I'm grateful for.
0: Yeah. You know, I think uh, ever since we've been together, we've created our own thing as far as traditions and, and stuff like that. One of our cool um, Christmas traditions is, is to, um, to get a, Ornament, which it seems like it's turning into just snowman, which is awesome because I love snowman. Yeah. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. I'm so forgetful. I just, when we go to Ornament, I just gravitate towards the snowman. So
1: (laughs) yeah. So the first year we were at, I'm sure it was Hobby Lobby, looking at the ornaments and I saw one, but I didn't want to throw it out there and you'd just be like, let's get it. Because I really wanted it to be something that you liked as well. And I just kept going back to that snowman. It was so cute. And after a little bit, you were like, I really like this one. And I hadn't told you I liked it. Um, And I'm like, let's get it. I love that ornament. And so we got home and we started talking. And I don't know how it got brought up, but basically you were like, "I, I love the snowman. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. Why? Cause that's my big thing is like, you like something? Well, why, you know, it's almost like a two year old or something. Why, why, why? (laughs) Um, but anyways, so we started talking about it and we discovered it's because it's like one of the only positive memories you have from when you were a child at Christmas. And so I'm like, okay, that's our thing. Because I really wanted to bring that positive memory into our life. So now it's like we're getting, you know, slowly getting all these snowman ornaments and um, decorations. And, like, we just bought a tree topper that's a snowman. And, and so it's just been really fun. Yeah. Like, I've loved it. And it's our little tradition.
0: Yeah. I think uh, growing up, too, um, I don't know if our audience cares about this too much, but my favorite uh, movie was Jack Frost. And that was the the dad who died. And uh, yeah. left his son, uh, and his son wanted to connect with his dad, and he came back as a snowman, and blah, 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 blah. But it was just a really cute story. So, yeah, I don't know. There's some, like, major connection to snowman. There's not connection to, like, Santa Claus or Rudolph or, you know, yeah. anything like that. But So, yeah, we have this big old giant basketball size snowman bobblehead <laughs> that I'm looking at on top of the tree. Yeah. It's really cute.
1: It's really, really cute. I absolutely love it so yeah yeah. what else do you want to talk about (laughs) like we said it's unscripted (laughs)
0: um okay so we were talking about parenting uh how to keep your kids grateful so i just wanted to give a background to my parenting and maybe the parenting before because it's kind of uh, it falls along in generations you know my um my dad's father was, uh, in the military and structured discipline, you know, um, obedience and punishment, um, base. And so I know that my dad, um, rebelled against that and became like this very permissive, lenient, you know, anything goes type parent style. And I think that going through that and seeing the different styles that I don't want to be either of those. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So what have you done? So you're not either of those.
0: I think looking at the, like both sides of, okay, so my, my grandfather was, was this way. And my dad was this way. Who do I want to be instead of just like parenting on automation? Because a lot of us do that. It's like, we we just parent either how we were parented or the extreme opposite to how we were parented and so it's like the kids if you grew up having nothing you're like i'm going to make sure my kid has everything and it's like we go to the extremes and not like sitting down thinking you know what i think i want to parent this way despite of how i've been parented and avoiding all the extremes because the extreme punishment, the extreme leniency, the you know, all these things, they're all extremes and they are no good.
1: You're right. They're they're not. You have to have balance in everything.
0: Yeah. So how did um as far as your parenting, you just kind of figure it out, or along the way, did you decide, you know, this is the way I'm gonna be? Or
1: I remember thinking, and I hope my mama doesn't listen to this.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs>
1: mama. But I remember thinking growing up. I am not going to, and I think most kids think this, I'm not going to be my like my parents. I'm not going to be. But I don't care who you are and what you say and what you think, you will turn out to what your parents did if you don't make the conscious effort to be different. So for a long time, probably prior to even meeting you, I was a yeller. Like, I just was a yeller. Um, and I hated it. But that's just, for some reason, what I always went to. And then you and I met, and at first it was like, oh, I want him to think I'm this great parent. and Not that I was a bad parent, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just wanna make sure he knows I am a good parent. And so I would really watch if I was yelling or whatever. And then I was watching you parent, and like I don't know what it was, it was like, I just I don't wanna yell. Like, I've always hated it because no good comes from yelling. No good comes from arguing. And so why would I do that in my parenting? And so I really made that conscious effort to I don't want to yell. And I I think I've done really good with that. Um, I'm usually able to keep really calm. um, Like when the kids make me mad or when I'm stressed or frustrated or whatever, Um, there are times that – I'll raise my voice, um, just out of pure frustration, It's like you guys I've told you fifty times, and you're still not listening, and I just like I'm done, but I think that's been my biggest parenting struggle is not yelling, yeah, but I think I do pretty good. What do you
0: think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, as you were talking about that, I was thinking I was thinking more along the positive things that you do, so I'm just gonna uh, point them out to you <laughs> since you oh, immediately okay. went to the negative.
1: Well, no, Though because that's how I was, I recognized that I don't want to be like that and that I want to be like a not a yeller parent, you know? Yeah. And so that's something I've really worked on, and I think I'm doing really good with that. So that, to me, that was a positive, not a negative.
0: Yeah. Um, there's one um thing that I've noticed with you, so that is really, really powerful is that you let the kids take care of themselves. And what I mean by that is like, okay, if you want a, a sandwich for lunch to take to school, then get in the kitchen and make the sandwich. You know what I mean? Um, and I've noticed that because I, I lean more towards the, the leniency and enabling and you're a little bit more towards the other side, that would create a, a pretty cool balance because... I would like to step in and just do it for the kids. Like if they're frustrated, this, that, and the other thing, I'd be like, here's daddy, say the day." <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's my natural inclination. And then I watch you and you're like, um, well, what do you think? What do you think you should do? Oh, you'll probably figure it out. Let me know what you think. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's it's a way different philosophy that empowerment to the kids and so empowering your kids to make choices is far better than rescuing coming in and save the day because what skill did that teach them except for daddy will always save me um and then the other extreme side is you know the dictator that just says do this this and this and this do you understand what i'm talking about or you can get grounded. Does that sound good for you? You want to get grounded? You know what I mean in this yeah. this mentality that, that that didn't say, well, for example, let me throw an example out there. So the kid uh, the kid's 16 and gets the car. and you lay out the options for the, for the child. It's like, yeah, you could drive with other kids in the car, but you know that you're not supposed to. So if I find out that you're driving kids in the car, then I'm going to go ahead and take the car back from you. And you get the agreement, right? And so the kid goes out there, does what he wants. And, and so he, if you find that he has kids in the car. He takes the keys back. That was a real bummer, child, that you decided to do that. So all the responsibilities on them. And there's no responsibility on you per se, but they made this, the decision to do that. So it's really empowering, I think.
1: Yeah, and it's not always the easiest thing to do. Um, I, I notice there are one of our children that I do it the most to, um, and it can be frustrating on both sides, but <clears throat> I truly believe that if we don't teach our children to make the simple choices like, where's a towel?
0: Should should I put this leftover in this Tupperware?
1: Should I throw my food away that I don't want? Like little simple things like that. If they can't make those decisions, how are they going to make a decision on where do I go to school? Like college, where do I live? What career do I choose?
0: Yeah. Should I date this guy or exactly?
1: Yeah. So if they can't make the little decisions, they can't make the large ones. And I don't want our kids coming to us. When, you know, they're in their 20s and 30s, like, where should I live, mommy? Where should I get a job? Can you do this for me? Like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. And so I'm trying to build them in a way that they'll be able to make those choices on their own. Um,
0: <clears throat> I think that comes from a parenting style that offers options and then looks at the consequences and benefits. So, yeah. you know, if your child comes to you and it's like, my friend, this and that and the other thing, because you get that in teenage drama in yeah. junior high, my friend, this, that and the other thing. So you give them options as far as so what is your friend doing? What kind of friend is she? Is that what you want in a friend? And you answer a bunch of these different questions and they have options. And so they can decide for themselves. Yeah. Now, yeah. there's some things that are that you don't let a kid decide. You know,
1: oh, exactly. Like,
0: hey, do you think I can uh, play with a gun and walk down the street? No. You don't yeah. lay out options, right? Exactly. But the things that can help them grow, they grow by those options and exercising those problem-solving skills. The problem is is that the parents are keeping them from that growth and development yeah. by making decisions for them or just not giving two shits about them.
1: Yeah. And I've seen what what it does when you parent and... You make all the choices for your child. You enable them, you baby them. Like, I'm sorry, you're going to have a 22, 23, 26, 30-year-old living with mommy and daddy. Yeah. That's not healthy. Most children should want to grow up with the thought as soon as I turn 18, I'm moving out. Obviously, if you're still in high school, that's different, but um most kids have that in them. I want to be on my own. I want to be in and I want to be independent. But when you baby them, you make all the choices for them. Like they don't, they don't have that desire.
0: No. Well, here's the main struggle. So our generation, or the last, even the generation above us, both parents had to work to be able to survive, pretty much. Yeah. Unless you got blessed and fortunate with a, with a, a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. Um, so what the kids are facing now is parents that aren't present. So we don't have this dictator parent anymore. We don't have this lenient parent anymore. We have this neglectful, uninvolved, unpresent parent that the kids pretty much just kind of do whatever they want.
1: Yeah. They raise themselves.
0: Yeah. So they're left without any guidance or anything like that. So, and I'm not knocking this because it's a real struggle. How do I work? And most of this is an hour commute. So let's just put the commute in there first for a second. I I commute an hour. So the job starts at 9. I leave at 8. They're off to school. And the job ends at, it's usually an hour lunch. So work ends at 5 and then an hour back. So we're talking about 8 to 6, you are gone from home. And then 6 to 8, you prep dinner and go to sleep. So our lives are so structured in a way that is creating this neglectful, uninvolved parenting style. Yeah. And it's hard. It is. I'm not saying, and I don't even know the solution to it, except for trying to find a way out of your current employment that is more conducive to a healthy lifestyle. Or making the best with what you've got with the time that you have and creating a way to be more involved. So
1: Yeah. Well, and, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, just work from home. Then you're there. Well, we both work from home. Home. I've worked from home for four years, five years, something like that. I don't know. And then you <clears throat> have worked from home since about, when was it? April of this year? Um. But even then, it's like you're so focused on your work. Even when they're home and you're home, you're still not present. Your mind is gone. It's involved in your work. So yeah. it's just like a fine line. Like, you got to figure out that balance. And, like, for us, I think we've been doing so good recently. Um, we have made – I don't even know what the right word is. Like, we've, we're have we being very conscious on our working. We start working as soon as kids leave for school, which I think we leave at, what, 730? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit before that, maybe? Um, and we work from the moment they're, that they're gone – until 5 p.m. And so they'll be home for two, two and a half hours or so, and we're working. And they know to kind of just leave us alone. Because if they don't, then we have to work past 5 p.m. So 5 p.m., like there was one day I was like, okay, honey, we have 47 minutes until five. We got 15 minutes, we got five minutes. At five o'clock, we shut off our computers, and we were done with work. Yeah, sometimes that might not be realistic, but it's be since we've made that a priority, I don't know if we've really worked past five, yeah, and so from five o'clock until eight o'clock, we're there so yep, I don't know what I don't know what it is, but I know you just have to find that balance,
0: yep, well, I hope you enjoyed our episode today on parenting and um. Once again, this is Tim and Jamie Holloway, and this is the Creating Love Together podcast. And we will see you next week.
1: Oh, actually, I got one thing real quick. Uh oh. If you guys are enjoying our content, content, we would really love for you guys to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Because it really helps us to be able to, um, to reach more people. And that's our ultimate goal.
0: Yes. Also, if you're a man out there and you're interested in a 90-day program that starts in January, you can hit me up at together at com. And this is a 90-day program. It's starting for men only, and it's starting in January. And it's going to be an awesome way to start your year out cor- correctly in the right way and your health and your wealth and your body and, you know, all that good stuff.
1: Yes. Okay. Thank you for listening.
0: Peace.